Welcome to Blue Collar Love, the Starflyer 59 Retrospective. My name is Samuel, and pain is overrated. And my name is Aaron, and as you all can see, guaranteed, we all drown. <laughs> Man, it's been a minute. It has been an hour. <laughs> well, you know, it's been a minute since we recorded. I've missed it. Yes. Um, tonight, today, whatever uh, time zone you're listening in, we are talking about Lo and Behold, the Lo and Behold album, Uppers, from 2015. Um, this is a project that, as far as I can tell, it's a collaboration between Jason Martin and Ryan Clark uh, of Demon Hunter and Training for Utopia fame. Oh, he so, was in Training for Utopia. I forgot about that. As far as I know, they're the only two artists. So, kind of no, Steven, Dale's in this too. He plays bass on this. Oh, does he? Okay, because yeah. I didn't get information about him, so I couldn't find anything. Yeah, I, after the the record um, edition of this, then yeah, he's listed in the credits as doing band bass. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, Dale's just kind of his go to bass player. Yeah. <laughs> so, prior to this, how familiar were you with Ryan Clark, Aaron? Well. <laughs> A couple of training for Utopia's albums, and I just now realized that he was in that band. So, not too familiar because, um, of course, him. I'm, I was familiar with his work with the Invisible Creatures from the Starfire cover albums, and I knew that he was in a band called Demon Hunter, but I never listened to them. So, not familiar at all with him. How about you, Sam? Uh, I'm familiar with some Demon Hunter stuff. I mean, I, I think they're. Uh... I won't I won't um, disparage anyone on this podcast, but, you know, they're a pretty decent metal band, and I've listened to them off and on throughout the years. So that's kind of my big exposure to Ryan Clark. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm the one who disparages people, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, so we're both, you know, okay, so it's kind of something new for us. Um, so, Sam, what would you... What's your background with this album? How did you get introduced to it? How how you've been listening to it, et cetera? Um, I've listened to it like once in the past, just in my general going through all things Jason Martin. I probably listened to it three years ago when we started this podcast because I was just looking at all the different albums, you know, and getting them all cataloged. Um, and at the time, because remember, three years ago, I wasn't familiar with Starflyer. We were still like in silver. Mm hmm. So I listened to this album, and I'm like, oh, this is a really cool change. Like, this is something different. But mm. now that I have all of the other catalog as context, it definitely changes my opinion on the album. Okay. True. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sad that this was only re released on vinyl, and I guess now digital, of course, streaming, everything's in stream. Well, not everything. Um, filling up a 22 still not there. <laughs> um but yeah, it was, I think it was like either last year or earlier this year when we were going through like, you know, after these podcasts, we talked about what's coming up and you mentioned this album. I was like, oh, I never heard that. So either last year or this year is when I first listened to it. And I remember listening to it. It's like, oh, very dial in me. I'm a CLE. You know, it's like definitely different. I mean, if you listen to it close enough, there's some Starfire familiarities to it that you hear. Um, but it's definitely something that's different um, than Jason's normal Starfire album. And so I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, I like it. Very new wavy, you know, um, new order, um, 
Depeche Mode, uh, Sonic, not Sonic, but yeah, exactly. You were all over this album. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I liked it. I mean, um, when I first listened to it, I thought it sounded very same song, samey, which it does overall, but when you know multiple listens, you hear there is a, some very stark differences between these songs. So yeah, that's my overall feeling about this album. Except for it shouldn't be called uppers, it should definitely be called downers. <laughs> Or maybe you need uppers after listening to this. Maybe that's what the title is. Well, I think thematically, the the title uppers and the album artwork, and then the kind of last song here, and we'll talk about it when we get to that last song, it all builds to a really cool thematic element. It does. Um, You know, of essentially trying to be bigger than God, and then realizing that, hey, we actually need God, um, I think is kind of the overall theme of the album. So, speaking of the album artwork, um, in and of itself, I don't love it. It's like, the way it's really dark, it kind of makes it hard to see what's going on on it. Yeah. And it kind of feels bland. But like I said, when you kind of combine it with the overall theme they're going for on this album, I think it kind of improves it. I th- yeah, I, on the vinyl edition, like, you can see the artwork clearly better than the digital, obviously. And so the, like, decapitated head of the statue that's presumably in sand or stone, you know, I think it does speak to what you were saying about trying to be bigger than God, which I have a different take. I think it's the, the vanity of life and how, you know, um, we get caught up in the wrong things, not knowing that, you know, it's going to be, we're going to be over. So let's worry about the important things and so the decapitated sculpture's head I think is a representation of that you know just misplaced you know vision you know waste of life and the vinyl comes with the insert um, with the lyrics and it's full pic, full size pictures in there too with the lyrics it's very neat very cool I love oversized inserts so good artwork I say overall that's really cool. Um, I like that um, they're putting their lyrics on there. I know it doesn't always happen, but just the thing for those who have the Miami EP album, it's the lyrics are like in a a, a, a booklet that size. So yeah, like that. All right, you ready to hit this up song by song? I'm ready to slap it up. All right, let's do this. First, we're going to talk about church bells. Aaron, you your thoughts. Church bells. I always see that as um, church bell. Yeah. Okay. This is first off my second favorite song overall in this album. So coming in hot and heavy. It's four star song. Um, this sounds like a dial M song on meth. <laughs> like the the drum programming is very upbeat. Um, yeah, it's fast and furious. Um, the like you mentioned and we talked about like the album cover. And the overall sound reminds me of that sad, melancholy, 80s, British, new wave sound that I truly hate. <laughs> but I really like it here. Jason does, and Ryan and Mr. Dale do a good job of um, making that sound sound fresh and accessible and not too dreary. Um, let's see. The vocals have, do have like that, like I mentioned, like New Order, Echo and the Bunnymen um, type vibe. Um which I like. I mean, we'll, I'll talk about this multiple times, but I really do like um, Ryan's vocals here. 
there are a lot of great keyboard moments throughout this song. Um, it's a strong opener, and, and we, the more you listen to it, you hear that more, there's a lot more going on in the background. Um, um, let's see. I think this song, the uh, lyrically, is a song about um, if you keep your feelings aside, don't need the pain. Um, you know, um, when we have pain in our life, we have one or two options. We can express it. You know, talking to friends, family, trusted loved ones, going to therapy, your priest, pastor, whatever. Or you can keep them aside and they usually come out in explosions of verbal explosions, violent exposures, self-medicating with drugs and other substances. Um, yeah. And also, you know, in this song, I think it talks about how death awaits the song. And until you, if you don't accept um Christ, you know, in the end, it's going to be a very dreary um, ending that you, you know, that foreboding death. If you don't have Christ in it, you're probably going to be very terrified like this song hints at. What do you think, Sam? Well, um, <clears throat> we have a goth flyer 59. <laughs> um, goth wave flyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I like this. Feels like like Dial M was a new wave album, but this feels like he's said, "Hey, I really enjoyed making a new wave album. Let's crank it up to 11. Exactly. Brian <laughs> um, Clark nails that Cure style gothy electronica. Mm-hmm. Like gets the vocals just right. Rather or not, you love those vocals. We'll talk more about that as we go on. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm really curious how the distribution of writing was handled on this because the lyrics yep. are definitely pressing. Like they mm. fit that Martin mellow mm. vibe. Like that woe is me, life kind of sucks. That's Jason Martin all over it. But the way it's articulated, I get the feeling this isn't this is probably more Ryan Clark writing than I do too. There's so many words in these songs. <laughs> like Jason can't do more than like twenty different words in a song. Yeah, I, that's. I thought the same thing too. I was like, thematically, this is very Jason, but these are not cryptic. <laughs> I understand what these lyrics are saying. <laughs> we could be wrong though. <laughs> I we we got to talk to Ryan Clark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think this is a fine opener. It lets us know what we're in for. It's dreary, depressing, goth new wave. So it's it's not my it's not like in my top openers, you know, like Cuckoo, which I'll talk a lot <laughs> of course as we go throughout. But, um, it's a good song. It's a strong opener. <laughs> but it's uh, maybe not. It's it's an okay opener. Yeah. I was talking about Cuckoo. That's a strong oh, yes, opener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we have You Walk Alone. Um, I'll take this one starting oh, off. Yeah. You'll never walk alone, Sam. Um, I love that synth line in there. It kind of reminds me of like a Sega Genesis game, but like in a good way. Oh, yeah. Streets of Rage vibe, if you ever played that. Um, I I noted the bass line is really awesome, Um, which, you know, knowing Dale is part of it, that explains it. He's tells the bass line. Um, It's not too intricate, but it fits the mood of the song perfectly. Um. And then the lyrics seem to be dealing specifically with isolation and the resulting depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And I, I, I like songs that deal with it because I don't feel like it's something that's talked about enough. Um, mm-hmm. There's like a Jars of Clay song I like that talks about it a lot, but just how isolation being, I, cutting yourself off from other people is the number one way to self-destruct. As I have learned many times in my life, um, and the line specifically in here about painted lines fading could also indicate it's even more specifically about feeling isolated while you're out on the road, which at this point, Jason had been touring for a while, but Ryan Clark certainly was, you know, he was still, mm-hmm. Demon, this was Demon Hunter's like apex. They were huge at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, he probably totally gets that. Hey, I'm just isolated out from any everyone, and it's crushing me a little bit. So yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, okay. Um, this is my third favorite song on this album, Three and a Half Stars. And yeah, I kind of got the same thing too. It's a song about loneliness of life, um, told through the lens of solitude of life on the road touring, and um, and and that's why I was like when I was listening to this, I was like. Probably not Jason because I mean unless it's residual, but he hadn't toured in eons at this point. So I was thinking, yeah, maybe Ryan's writing about his experience. And you're right, there's not enough people who write um, about just general loneliness in life. And so I do appreciate the song for that. Um, this song's slower than the break the breakneck pace of the first song. Um, so like I said, you know, thematically, lyrically, I mean musically. They can't sound the song, sound the same, but this is definitely a different tempo. Um, Jason's guitar licks are more vibrant in the song too. It's a great pop song. Um, this I think should have been the first single, well, the only single was the next song we're going to talk about, but I think this probably would have been a, um, also a very good substitute. Um, the soaring guitar is at the two minute and 30 second mark to the end, breathtaking by Jason. You know, he never disappoints in the guitar. Um, but yeah, overall, a very good song. How about Blood Red, Sammy? What do you think about that one? Alright, so now with Blood Red, we're moving into some of the slow, more slow core yeah. stuff. Um, I, I half wonder if this project started out as another Neon Horse album. Hmm. Because it carries some Neon Horse vibes to it. Um, like, especially like when you get into White Lighter and stuff which is kind of the spiritual successor to Neon Horse. <laughs> the bridge between Neon Horse and White Lighter, I feel like. Um, I don't know. It's just an interesting thought. Um, I love the line in this song, can't get, can't long without a desperate heart. <laughs> but it's, you know, um, it, it reminds me of another one of my favorite lyrics of all time from a Switchfoot. It says, the shadow proves the sunshine. You mm. can't know what you're missing unless you you can't know what's good unless you and I just I do appreciate that sentiment once again very depressing song Um, from what I can tell mostly about getting old and dying Um, that's very J. Martin I wonder if like he provided the suggestions and Martin just and then like Clark filled it out but there's a specific line. Days of youth are not behind you. Time has come is there to remind you. So like, hey, I'm getting old and dying, but it's not over yet. Even though I'm depressed and want to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. What do you got? Um, let's see. Um 
The song, I mean, I can't hear the neon horse, but it did, this gave me more of I'm a CEO outtake, although it would have been better than, like, at least half the songs on that album. Um, three and a Half Stars as well. My fourth favorite song. Um, so that's two, three, four off the jump. That's really weird. I don't think that's ever happened before. Um, I really um, dig the slow burn of the song. Um, the guitars during the course remind me of the song. Um, although, like, the song, the music overall, overall reminds me of, like, I am a CEO. The chorus part, the guitar parts remind me of Once More from the Miami EP, um, which I love that song, too. Um, the song makes me want to um, hear um, Ryan Clark record the vocals, for, like, do a version of I am a CEO, but take Jason's vocals out and put Ryan's in. I don't know what that sounds like, but I mean, on Dylan, Dylan, I'm sorry. Because um, vo- his vocals are more mel- melancholy than Jason's. Not that that's the dig, it's, it's not better or worse, it's just different. And I, I'd be wondering, like, because those songs are very melancholy, I don't know what his voice on those songs would sound like. And I do see why Jason chose him to do the vocals for the, these songs. I mean, it's a great, great choice. Um, and I, you're, I agree with you, Sam. I think this is a song about accepting death in a peaceful, peaceable manner. Um, you know, it's like instead of ranting and raving and fighting against it, um, on your deathbed, you're more dignified, sanctified, resigned. Didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it's more of just like a um, stoic acceptance of death, which Jason seems to have a lot in his music. Um, yeah, and I wish that Jason and Ryan could collaborate more, um, because you know, so far this is going great. Um, and that's all I gotta say about. Blood, red, and it was the only single from this album. Um, it's a good song. Want me to do Son of Mine? Go ahead and do Son of Mine. Well, this song is no Son of Mine. I'm just playing. Oh, I should have said this to jump. Like, I like all these songs. Like, none of these songs are bad. I'm ranking them because that's what I do, but I love all these songs. There's not a weak song in this album. With that being said, this is my favorite song of this album. <laughs> um, th- but still, three stars. Um, Another I Am a CEO-y sounding song, um, maybe Red Tides, that song Red Tides Cousin. Um, at this point, um, it is clear that this album has a very cohesive and singular musical um, direction, which is, you know, can be a good thing. Like a Depeche Mode, like, I mean, or the Ramones, like, pretty much they have, one, <laughs> you know, two types of songs. But, I mean, it works. Um, and this works just like the Ramones because although it does overall sound samey, it's a good formula. It's a formula that sounds really good to my ears. Um, the drums and the shakers, I think in the, um, that's shakers in the background doing the breakdown are spectacular. Um, I think the song is about someone who, um, who loves a selfish, someone who's, it's about someone who who loves someone who has a self-destructive life and how, you know, they're looking for, that person's looking for death. Um, and it's just, you know, it's hard to love somebody like that, you know. But that's just what I think about it. Um, what do you think, Sam? Um, so this is actually one of my favorite songs, um, mm. along with You Walk Alone and one other we'll get to talking about here in a minute. Mm. Um, but that, that, someone else um that son of mine is someone else is probably the hookiest we've gotten thus far in this album 
Mm-hmm. It's a very poppy hook. Um, but other than a great drum build around two minutes, this song falls into the similar vein of the previous songs, mm-hmm. which your love for goth and new wave will dictate how much you enjoy this song. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> like, You're right. It's just like, like you said, it, it, this is like a very one track album. Like there's exactly one and a half types of songs on this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, better or for worse. Um, the lyrics here are certainly interesting. I just took the lyrics much more literally, talking about a father who's upset that his son isn't actually his son. You know, he finds out down the down the line or something that his wife had an affair, something like that. Uh, and I just think it's a your idea fits much better thematically in the album. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, at face value, the idea of disowning a, a son reminds me of a latter air Genesis song. I don't know if you've ever heard it or not, called No Son of Mine. What album is it on? It's on their uh, I Can't Dance album. Like one of the. Oh, last no. Although I love that song. I, that's my favorite Genesis song. I know it's so poppy, but. No, I never listened to that album, though. I should probably do I really love that song. <laughs> this reminds me of No Son of Mine a little bit. Just the mm-hmm. lyrics in it. Okay. So, and now I can all hear is Phil Collins' voice in my head. <laughs> Not a bad voice to have in your head. No. We get a, a Jason Martin-produced Phil Collins album. I would accept that. I would, too. <laughs> but I don't have a whole lot to say, um, so let's just move right on to... Bring me on home, Aaron. Bring me on home. Bring me home. This is the altar call song. And if I went to church and had this as altar calls, I would probably still be going to church because it's a damn good <laughs> altar call song. Um, my eighth favorite song on the album, um, Three Stars. Um, we get another change up to the sonic pilot for this song. And again, it's still kind of in that same goth new wave. But they're changing the tempo, changing some synthesizers, adding some layers in the background to keep it from sounding too redundant, which I do appreciate. All is my eighth favorite song. This is my favorite vocal performance by Ryan. I think he sings it beautifully. I love the stripped down feel of the song. I think, you know, this, the keyboards are um, mournful and perfect for the song. It's a well executed, somber song. Um, Jason, I mean, again, he does that less is more. It's not much going on in here besides like some keyboards. Maybe I don't know what all is going on, but it's not a lot going on here. Um, but it, it, it works well. Um, and of course, you know, lyrically, it's a song conversation between God and the narrator about how the narrator has been drifting from God and God's just waiting for him to come home again. You know, it's very simple Sunday school music, but done in a very elevated musical way. And it's the last song on the first side of the vinyl. So after this, we'll be flipping that record over. What do you think, Sam? Uh, I like the the drum loops and piano. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the piano. I meant to, forgot to mention that. Yes, the piano is stellar in this. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Drum loops and piano give us, like, a different direction of the song. Like, after four songs that sound kind of samey, mm-hmm. we're, like, getting a nice little left turn here. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that change. This is the song that sounds the most like Demon Hunter ba- power ballads. <laughs> okay. Uh, they're quite fond of those. In fact, like that, like one of their last albums was nothing but ballads. Um, they, but this one, Ryan Clark hits that higher vocal range he does sometimes. Um, 
And yeah, it sounds a lot like this. The way the song plays out, um, I would assume it's a song, a psalm kind of esque. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, mm-hmm. an altar call song. Um, this is something my 16 year old self would have loved. <laughs> Me too. I would have blasted this on every big state. <laughs> I would have loved it so much at 16. Um, <laughs> I do think the lyrics kind of play with the idea, though, that it could be crying out to God or it could be a cry to another human. Um, because the lyrics either, it's either talking to another human or relating to God on a far more human level. When it says, you may misplace me, I may misplace myself, I know you're anxious to work this piece out. Yeah. Um, those aren't usually words you would associate with God, of God being anxious or God misplacing something. So I wonder, I'm sure, you know, they probably didn't think two seconds about the lyrics they were putting down. They were just like, oh, these go good with the, the lyric, the music. But I think it is some interesting food for thought of, I don't think that. I think they, I think they're probably were thought out. And most of the good altar, you know, whatever songs about God does have that um, human element. When you're talking about the prayer chain, you know, um, never enough, or Jason's songs when he talks about God, you know, like it's it can also be interpreted as a, a human relationship because I mean, at the end of the day, we if you believe if you're a Christian, you have a human relationship with God through the person of Jesus. So I think I mean, and a lot of the good songs have that double entendre there. I'm not double on times, double meaning where it's about God, but also our humanity at the same time. And that's why this is good because you can just write some praise and worship point of grace song that just clues about God, but that's not high art to me. Whereas this one, it can be about a person or God or both. You know, so I think it was intentional. Well, either way, I found it interesting, if nothing yeah. else. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. That was my thoughts on this song. Not one of my favorites, but still. It's not mine either. <laughs> All right, next up, some people. I'll kick this one off because it's my favorite song on the album. It's your favorite song on the album? I think so. God, Sam, we're agreeing so much. I think we only have one Bless Your Heart moment so far. You're crushing it tonight. Go ahead. <laughs> um, now, I will say, kicking this off, I get what Ryan Clark is going for on his vocal delivery. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, he's going for that slow goth. Mm-hmm. But just imagine the lyrics. Looking in, what a sad excuse you give in anything you choose. Now, imagine that being sung by one Norman horse. <laughs> so much better. I don't know. I thought I'd like Ryan to you. You are too obsessed with neon horse. I'm about to get you into a rehab program or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I hear you. I hear you. So. Um, with that said, um, the music switches back to the slow goth way we've become accustomed to on this album. But I feel like the lyrical theme of this song really saves it. Like, mm-hmm. this, if this was just based on just the music, I wouldn't love this song. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the lyrical, particularly the line, some people will set the world on fire just <laughs> Man, okay. I, I had that written down. I was going to talk about too. But go ahead. <laughs> I know those people personally. It is so true. Like, I am, I am in personal contact with people that will set the world on fire just so they can feel alive. Now, 
I have no doubt I've been guilty of this in my own life. So, you know, pointing one finger forward, three back. But these kind of people are just, they're so broken and have such emptiness. They will self-destruct, tear everything down around them just to try and feel, fill that void in any way possible. Um, there's another line I like from this song a lot. It says, falling in just a few abused. Just taking all my lines, man. All my <laughs> you fake the same old tune. That line hits so hard. I'm like, man. And, uh, yeah, just on lyrics alone, I, I would have to listen to it again to see if the music perks up for me. But on lyrics alone, this is my favorite song. Yeah. That's it? You're done? I am done. All right. Well, I agree with you. This is my favorite song in this album, too. Side 2 came with the fire right off the jump. Four stars. Um, I call it this song the theme song for the Joker. <laughs> And that, <laughs> and you know the set your world. Some people set the world on fire. Okay, you 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 handle that. So then I'm gonna go to the falling in just to feel abused, just to see what hell may break might break. And it's just like in our society. What throughout history, but in our society too, this this victimhood um, mentality where people will just give in the pain and misery, just to you wear their victimhood as a badge of honor or as, as an identity. And it's just, and I see that so much, and it's just, you know, and and how, how and in the course, it helps me, you know, when it goes, uh, some people will set the world on fire just to feel alive. Some people, some people, my God, like such a hope, bless their hearts moment, you know, like, my God, that's like, bless their heart. And that's how I feel about these people, it's just like, bless their hearts, and I just love <laughs> some people, some people, my God, that's like, yes. Um, And I will let you know, Sam, the music does hold up as well, it's Musically, the best song on this album, too. This sounds, this song sounds like what should, what the slow album should have sounded like. <laughs> um, this is kind of a slow burner, too. I originally didn't like this song, um, the first couple times I listened to it. But I don't know, after the second or third or fourth times, it just really clicked. Um, the structure of the, um, um, of the course here, not just lyrically, um, but musically and how Ryan sings it is executed so perfectly. The subtle change in tempo as the song pro, uh, progresses too was amazing. Like it, it, I don't know if you listen to it, but it slightly gets faster as it goes through, but it still, still sounds the same tempo, but it's not. This song's a banger. Yeah. Gosh, I love the song so much. My God. Uh, violent sound. What do you think, Sam? All right, we're in the we're in the the home stretch here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been noticing a lot of similarities. Dial M. Mm-hmm. I feel like the song is the most dial M of all the songs. <laughs> um, it really drives that sound home. Um, though, unlike Dial M, the guitars are doing some cool things on the course, and I appreciate the Jason Martin of it all, where he's like during the course, he's like just playing like a guitar line that flows he's done that on a lot of songs in this album like he does that on a lot of the courses in this album it's really cool yeah Hmm. Uh, the lyrics are once again uh one of the better parts of the song they're really cool and i would say even deep talking about the shallow things of the world pulling us away from grace Mm -hmm. Uh, every time i think about this shallow serenade i hear a violent sound and it takes me away 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other lines of like we're like fallen angels. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this kind of poeticism that makes me think Ryan Clark handled most of the lyrics on his album. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Jason can't be poetic, but it's a different type of poetic. It's 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 a more sparse po- poetry. A cryptic poet poetry. <laughs> So that's all I got in this song. Um, I don't have as much to say on these last few songs. Okay. Well, I'll, well, I will expound for you then. Um, this sound, like, the lyrics to me sounds like Daniel Amos, like you said, the poet, like circa Dawn for a Big Bite when Terry's poetry was at its highest. And then Joy Division. So it's like a Daniel Amos Joy Division song. So Daniel Division song. Um, this is um, subdued, more subdued control number that once again shows that Jason knows and is the king of less is more. Um, but those guitars doing the chorus, like you said, um, straight up ear candy. I appreciate those um, lines during the chorus. This is my fifth favorite song on the album, Three Stars. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you lyrically on everything you said. Um, and I just want to add that the, the shallowness and vapidness of this life can cause a violent reaction to some people and that violent sound, you know, a lot of things are done for a lot of shallow and vapid reasons, like Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine probably spurn out of a lot of ego, self-centered, just very surface level ambitions to be seen as a great person, which is, you know, very a vapid thing to do, but it causes such a violent sound, such violent actions. And so that's how I see this song. And I appreciate it. Have mercy, Sam. I'm going to take that or you want to go? I can go for this one so you can okay. off here. Um, okay. Once again, getting some neon horse vibes. This is the third time I brought this up this album. I don't know. Maybe it's just on my noggin. You know, it neon is. horse is a very – we're recording this uh, three days before Christmas for those that are curious. And, you know, Neon Horse is a very Christmassy band, so. It is. It screams Christmas. <laughs> is that you, it's... Santa Claus? Coo-coo-coo-choo. Oh, yeah, they do have that Christmas song. Oh, gosh, I haven't listened to that forever. I need to throw that on the list. Right. <laughs> Coming back to the matter, that, that was my fault. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, that's fine. Some of the flat production in this album, though, reminds me of I Am a CEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, just... I don't know if it's the production. I don't know if it's just the mood Jason was in during this run of albums between like, um, between I am a CEO and like slow. I'm not sure, but the, the, everything just sounds kind of flat. Um, and I feel like this song in particular falls in that no man's land track. Um, that we talked about ad nauseum, you know, track eight or nine always just kind of falls flat. Um, but that doesn't make yeah. us a bad thing. Just that everything musically, mid-tempo goth wave, and lyrically, God, I'm a sinner, please save me, has been previously done on this album better. And at this point, it can start to sound a little repetitive. Um, I did have a thought when I was listening to this song, though, because this song is very, very Christian. Yeah. And I had a thought when I was listening, I'm like, I'd be curious to hear, curious to hear like a more pop vocalist on this, like, my first thought was Peter Furler of Newsboys fame. <laughs> I was curious to hear what that was song. <laughs> uh, please make that happen, universe. <laughs> That'd be amazing. So that's all I got. Um, yeah, lyrically, the song's about darkness, sin. 
whatever you want to call it, um, in, whatever the negative thing that has deep roots into every human, um, the narrator is begging to be freed from it, you know, a very Christian um, theme idea, like you mentioned. Um, this isn't quite the wall of sound that we Starfire fans have been yearning for Mr. Martin, but it is a subdued version of, <laughs> of the wall of sound. Um, this is the right balance of spooky music, up-tempo rock, and guitar swagger. Um, three stars, my sixth favorite song. Um, I wouldn't say there's no man's territory, but you know, it's compared, I mean, it's coming after some really strong songs of violent sound and some people. So, I mean, I guess technically you would call it that, but it's still an enjoyable song. I mean, it's definitely not skippable by any stretch of the imagination. And so, but that leads us into the ninth and unfortunately last song on this very, very brisk album. <laughs> I think it's like under 40 minutes. Um, the end of the road. Tell me about the end of the road, Aaron. Well, this is the worst cover of the Boys to Men song, I have to say. This doesn't even sound remotely like that song. The, the vocal melody. Okay. <laughs> the depression's still there, though. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's what I thought when I started off at the end of the road. I was like, please let this be. <laughs> Look at the credits and. Okay, can we just have uh, Jason Mark that, like, that monologue? <laughs> 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 no, 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 something even better. Let Ronnie do that in his um hard soul voice and Jason sings the rest. <laughs> yeah. Hey girl <laughs> <laughs> That would be amazing. Anyway, um so not a boys to men cover song, unfortunately, guys. Um musically this reminds me of the something evil song from Talking Voice talking voice versus singing voice for some reason. Um um, this feels like a waltz, a waltz, waltz, you know, the dance, clothed in darkness musically. It's like a slow dance to death or the end or obliteration, whatever you want to say. Um, I'm loving the synth section of the song and how it methodically rides a wave of sonic delight. Um, I like this as a closer better than your company. The guitars, keyboards, and what sounds like some woodwind instrument in the background or maybe it's a sample from a key from the synth or keyboard i'm thinking it's probably that something from the keyboard um but it helps this call this song stand out from the other songs in this album because like we said it's kind of gets kind of samey but those little flourishes in the background kind of sets us apart and this song has the best lyric on the album we all see guaranteed we all turn we all die but death isn't the end of the road that's the i think that's the point of this song that's not the end for those who believe there's an afterlife. So, yeah, that's the seventh best song on this album, three stars, and the last song. What do you think, Sam? So, we get some, the return of some keyboard action here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, this mid-tempo makes the album feel like it's ending on a whimper instead of a bang. Uh, like I wish it would have been like dead slow or like super upbeat like you know your company the best ending to any Starfire <laughs> album ever um, um, I appreciate the lyrics with the Tower of Babel metaphor mm-hmm. uh, about you know our own ambition will eventually crush us 
It will. You know, like, that's just, like you were just talking about with, like, countries invading other countries for stupid reasons. You know, like, which everyone's done it, and it's stupid, and it's sad. Yeah. And, like, party wars for no reason. Yeah. Well, reasons, just not good, good reasons. reasons. <laughs> yeah. and, and beyond that, like, you know, we we all let our own ambitions, you know, I'm going to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a, a celebrity. I'm going to be an <laughs> And we we just get crushed by our own ambition every single time. And if we don't outwardly get crushed, usually internally our soul gets crushed. Rather you take that to mean a, a living eternal soul or just like the, the will to live. Who we are, you know? Uh, we just let ourselves get crushed under that, that weight. And I like that idea, but the music does not back up this heady theme for me. Around three minutes into the song, they try to crank up the epicness, and I really love the horn line in there. Like, but it doesn't p- pay off. Like, your company, Dungeon, Merciless Mother, take your pick. Yeah. Like, it doesn't Thank pay you, off. Eric. Yeah. At the end of the, hmm. at, at, as a closer, I wish there was some stronger music to back to back up these kind of really cool lyrical themes they're pulling here. Um, although I do like the horn line. Like that's really cool. I wish we would have had more horns throughout this album. Yeah. Was- so overall, I'm going to end this on a bit of a sour note. So I hope you have some redemption from here. And, um, I feel really bad because I don't want people to think I don't appreciate the effort, craftsmanship and talent that went into this album. Mm-hmm. These guys are doing stuff that I'm a million miles away from ever <laughs> I'm just an armchair quarterback. Right? Mm-hmm. But with that said, it just doesn't work as well as I wish it would. The vocals and production fall flat a lot of times for me, and the lyrics repeat several themes without, I feel like, building on any of them. Like, all the lyrics are sad and depressing, but there's not a solid theme like in My Island or like, um, what's the one? The Changing of Guard. There's not like a solid through line where I'm just seeing the theme all the way throughout it. Um, I know good things are from Jay Martin are on the horizon, but for right now, this album just isn't one of my favorites. Um, lyrics, I give it one and a half. Music, I give it one and a half. Overall, um, how well it holds up, I give it a one. So I give it a four out of nine. You just had to do it, didn't you, Sam? You just had to do it, didn't you? We were simpatico 95% for the first time since Methuselah was alive. And you just had to just say, hold my beer, didn't you? (laughs) Bless your heart, Sam. Uh, I need a moment. <laughs> what you just said? Okay. The line before I go into the overall, let me just one more thing on the end of the road song, not the boys to men song, um, but the one in on this album. Um, I got sanctuary vibes from Daniel Amos, Vox Humana, and I feel like, yeah, of course, 
Sanctuary's more epic and it's overall a better song. I mean, Jason and Ryan would agree with that, I'm sure. Um, but I do think that this song does a good homage to that. And, and I hear what you're saying about it not being as epic, but I think that's the point of this album. And, you, and so now I'm going to tie it to the overall before I give the ranking. To me, this is like the Vatsumana lyrically album. It's technology, future, your ambition, your vainglory, all these things are coming to crush you, like in Vatsumana, and it will crush you. What's going to save you in the end? Christ. Acceptance of humanity. And the theme in all these songs is that, where we're talking about some people, end of the road, um, violent sound. It's taught, all the theme is the world is calling, drag you away from the vanity is leading you astray. Come find something real. It's Vatsumana, um, 2015, you know, yeah, and I see that common theme there. So, um, yeah, um, then overall, I would say lyrically, yeah, these are very strong lyrics and they're very, I mean, I think that the thread is continued through and so I'm going to give it, you know, uh, I mean, they're not the, like the best lyrics ever in the world, but, you know, they're really good. Two and a half stars for the, um, lyrics. The music, if you, and like you said, um, earlier, depending how, how good you feel about that gothic new wave sound, like if you love it or hate it, your love for it, it's going to turn it. I generally don't love it. Um, like I don't listen to a lot of that type of music, although I love mixes of it. I do like some Depeche Mode here and there. Can't stand the cure. I'm not a fan of New Order and all these other bands. Um, but here, I think they do a good job of like updating it enough to make it sound good. So. Two and a half stars for the um, music. Then overall, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it still holds up. Like you, I mean, this could be played in the 80s, 90s, or today, and like you wouldn't know if this was released in the 80s or 2010, you know. Um, so I think overall, it's longevity for music. Too, I think I give it two. So so that's seven. I give it seven overall. Seven or nine. It's not. It's not leave here a stranger. It's not everybody makes mistakes. It's not Americana, but for what it is, just a cohesive, um, competent pop album in the new wave goth vein. It's done perfectly well. Yeah, and I think maybe I'm listening to this album on me. It just mm-hmm. it wasn't hitting the day. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Know. I, I, I I always I, hold that I can't. You know. It's like, it's like for me, like, okay, so for example, like, for, for whatever reason, the album I listen to the most of Starfire probably has to be the, the Ghost of the Future or Past. I can't, I can't remember which one it is. The box set with the seven inches. There's something about that music. It just sounds so, it's like macaroni and cheese to my ears. I listen, I can listen to those songs over again. They're not by far Jason's best, not at all, but it just hits some familiar, Thread in my soul, some it strikes some chord in my soul, and I can just listen to it. I'm all, there's not a time where I'm not in the mood for that, and I think this album too. And and you know, I listened to this album a couple times today, and it's it's a cold rainy day here in Virginia. This it's like the perfect weather, but so it could just be that that you you to this in July, like you know, this is that this is like cold twenty degree weather, rain. This album you throw on, so that could be it too. <laughs> So, yeah, that's all I got to say about this, I guess. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, join us 
hope I'll try to have this out before the new year, but join us in 2023 as we wrap up the discography of Jace Martin. I think, I, yeah, I think, we're, we're on the, I think we're good. I'm sorry, go ahead. I think we're on the end game. I think so too. We're almost at the end. We see the light in the tunnel. We're almost, we're, we're, we got in the, the longest line, but we're almost at the front. <laughs> we're almost at the end. Well, so. Join us. Tell all your friends about us. Join us in 2023 as we wrap up this epicness and uh, hopefully have some fun plans for the future. All right. Well, um, it's been fun, Sam. Nice talking to you. Goodbye. Have a good night. As always, this has been a Brothers King Media production. Oh.